0: Welcome to the Pro-Life Team Podcast. I'm here with Sean, and we're going to be talking about grant writing, small projects, large projects, what you should be collecting, and how you can help fund your organization to reach your community better. So, Sean, I am really excited to have you you on this podcast um, and to learn about grants and and how pricey clinics can be supported through these um, through these grant like offers that are available. Um, would you introduce yourself as if you were talking to a, um, a group of executive directors of pricey clinics and maybe pro life leaders of other organizations?
1: Sure. <laughs> uh, my name is Sean Zerke. Um, I am the um, principal owner and consultant with uh, Zerkey Consulting Group, LLC. Uh, I am incorporated in Iowa and in Florida. I do work all over the US and um, have incorporated nonprofits in six states in the US, uh, including California, Missouri, Florida, Iowa, uh South Carolina I know I'm missing one I apologize um <laughs> I uh my business is focused on nonprofits primarily um pregnancy centers that's where I got my start I founded um a pregnancy center group in uh, Iowa, back in two thousand and seven, prior to that, I was hired by a pregnancy counseling center to convert it to a pregnancy health medical clinic. And I um, was invited as a, as a result of that conversion and this vision for showing their babies by showing women their babies by ultrasound um, and having ultrasounds in all of the pregnancy centers and having staff trained to provide STD testing, uh, which is an entry point when women are at risk um, and, or facing an unplanned pregnancy. And I was invited to speak at the state convention for uh, Knights of Columbus in 2008 in Iowa. So it was just me in a room of 300 men (laughs) casting this vision that I had, for having ultrasounds in all of these clinics. And they caught the vision, they sponsored um, our additional ultrasound machines and um, for Informed Choice of Iowa. And then a year later, um, the Knights of Iowa went to the National Knights and that's where the national initiative for the Knights of Columbus um, was born out of the state of Iowa and casting wow. that vision. Um, so uh, this has always, always been a passion of mine. I have been married 30 years and I have five children and we just, I even have a grandchild. Um, <laughs> I, but we just adopted a baby who um, had a heart transplant. In fact, they wouldn't give him a heart without an adoptive family. And one of the other hats I wear is um in the medical arena and uh, health arena. And so I created a registered nurse apprenticeship for nurses in pregnancy centers, in ambulatory women's health, and it is backed by the Department of Labor. And while I was rolling that out in the state of Florida, my second state to have that grant, uh, Catholic charities had a medical clinic that they wanted to upskill their nurses in. And they started to tell me the story of Samuel. And that's how we were connected with our sixth child. And so um, (laughs) between being in pregnancy centers and then I went back to school and got a master's in public health policy and an MBA in social entrepreneurship, I started advocating for the other end of life and for individuals with disabilities. Um, And then I came back into the pregnancy center world in 2018 again, and uh, helping with Triple H C accreditation um, and for clinics that wanted to uh, optimize. So not only offer free sliding scale, but also offer presumptive Medicaid uh, eligibility. So that early prenatal care and bill for it um, and clinics that wanted to credential their providers and their nurses in order to bill um, regular insurance, especially if they're in college towns and students uh, are required to have insurance. So they're coming in there insured. And so uh, it adds to the leg- legitimacy of your clinic. It doesn't limit the services that you can offer, uh, but it is definitely not leaving money on the table for clinics by billing for their services uh, when, they're, when the patient has insurance. And so my uh, background is varied. I've been an executive director multiple times I was the executive director for Iowa County's Public Health Association. And so I represented the 99 public health administrators across the state of Iowa for three years. Um, (laughs) So I have done a variety of things and in doing uh, the public health work, I probably wrote the largest number of grants um, for federal, and other um, foundation grants, like Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, um, and then turn that skill and experience into working it for pregnancy centers from 2018 on. And so uh, that's what I've been doing lately, is um, a combination of federal, state, local, and foundation grants for pregnancy centers.
0: Wow, your experience is is vast and impressive. And just the number of areas that you've covered in the pregnancy clinic world is like it, it goes from admin to, to medical and then yeah, the, the fundraising with grant work. This is so I'm really excited to hear so I ask you a few questions about the grant world. Okay. So that with the with the goal of a pregnancy clinic either being inspired to ask you more questions, or for advice or consultation, um, or to hire your 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 new company to essentially help them obtain grants, or or to inspire them to navigate the uh, the rules and the yeah in order you know, in order to inspire them to work on getting grants
1: as well. Um, Thank so you. So the sorry, of- I I Circuit Consulting Group um, has been around since two thousand sixteen. Just okay. To- Clarify. I've worked for for-profit and nonprofit in that time frame. So. <laughs>
0: okay, awesome. So, what sort of grants? Um, what type of grants have a have pricey clinics received? Um, from your understanding, like what's the range, or how would you describe the types of grants that have been obtained by clinics?
1: So, obviously, I alluded to the CARES Act funding. That's a federal grant, but it's passed through at the state level. So that's sort of nuanced to know um, that they're, if you're familiar with writing federal grants, then you understand the pressure on the state when they're doing pass-through funding and the certain types of information that they need to fulfill their obligation to give out the money at the state level. So CARES Act was one. Uh, Foundation grants, um, for example, uh, I, Wrote 14 foundation grants just for FEM training for medical clinics. And FEM is um, uh, fertility education and medical management for clinics, so natural family planning from adolescence to senescence to have their nurses trained as FEM educators to teach their patients um, all about their bodies and to take control of their bodies um, before they're in crisis. I have written grants for specific projects, supporting training or initiatives for outreach or marketing to to certain target populations in a pregnancy centers uh, community. Um, Workforce and career source support for training nurses in their clinics. Uh, So that's of course state education and workforce initiatives, even as in the nursing apprenticeship that money is flowing down from the department of labor. Uh, really pushing apprenticeships as an alternative to college or to augment um, hiring and keeping people trained at the top of their licensure. Uh, States like Texas and Florida uh, have uh, like the Florida Pregnancy Center Network and they have uh, grant services for well woman STD, ultrasound, pregnancy tests, options counseling. And so I've helped clinics manage the reporting for that, especially when they have other funding streams and are confused about how to um, bill for their time for each patient, it gets very nuanced. Um, simple ones like the local Walmart, and they offer up to five, $10,000 grants often. So clinics can go in and get um, supplies for pregnant women or babies. Um, to fill their material support uh, reservoirs. So diapers and formula and wipes and uh, baby clothing and car seats, Um, county and state funds. So that are very specific. So if they are wanting to reach homeless populations, maybe they're wanting to fund their new mobile unit and they wanna target homeless populations and drive their mobile unit into areas with high saturation of homeless or drug addicted uh, women is what they want to focus on. And they've partnered with a psychiatrist or a licensed counselor, uh, and they want to be able to fund that program. Uh, And they've looked at the need in their area. So they've got their public health data, and now they've got their program to apply to it. They're making projections about how many people they can reach um, if they staff it a certain way, but they need the funds. Um, Maybe they're looking at specifically pregnant teens and they want to um, fund a maternity home or other services for pregnant teens specifically, maybe in high school settings. Um, Then there's service specific sources. So um, there's a clinic down in Inverness that has a food pantry. Uh, There are other clinics that help promote community gardens and then out of that give food to um, families and pregnant mamas. Um, then you've got health and human services for public health related initiatives like STD testing and treatment. So you can partner with your public health department. Um, I, there's always funds for HIV testing in particular, but if, a, if your community maybe is having a rise in syphilis or other issues, there could be funds specifically for your clinic to partner with them to target those problem areas. And then of course, there are federal grants for maternity homes that target homeless teens or uh, women under age 26, or drug addicted um, mamas or pregnant women, homeless shelters for women with children, um, and they need uh, assistance or medical management or case management. Then there's food pantries or sex trafficking initiatives. There are so many federal funds for those areas. it just gets a little tricky when you want to apply for federal grants because uh, the documentation, your organizational readiness for a grant, simple things. Well, I shouldn't say simple, it is somewhat simple, but making sure you have a SAM number and a DUNS, uh, those are very important. So,
0: okay. Yeah, so talking, right. speaking of SAMs and DUNS numbers, what does someone need to prepare to apply for? A grant, like what would be sort of the you know what what steps might they should they consider to prepare?
1: Sure. So successful nonprofits commit to creating a grants program. So um, they research grants all the time. It's it, it, learning as much as possible about grant writing and making applications for grants frequently. And so if they're doing it regularly and often they're they're gonna get better at it with every turn. They're going to be able to be very concise and exact with their story. They're gonna know the programs they wanna fund. They're gonna know what their um, measurable outcomes will be and how they impact their community. And so you will have ups and downs. You're not gonna get every grant. Um, but you have to start doing it. Um, so you have to plan out that process. So you source your grant opportunities. I can talk about an entire list of all the places you can source grants. So we can go back to that. But um, it it can be um, somewhat laborious, but there are many, many funding database, databases that you you do have to pay for them, but they really do fit any budget. And um, when you search these databases by keywords that match what you're focused on funding, what your services or programs are, what you're really good at, what's the personality of your pregnancy center within your community? What's your niche? Um, And so a lot of the grant funding databases though, focus on um, family and corporate foundations. They don't really include government or corporate opportunities. And so I'm gonna talk in a minute about how you find those. Um, But you really wanna be organized and have a grant planning calendar. Um, You wanna have your funding deadlines. Um, Look at the past. When did they fund it last year and the year before? Was it always in November? When did they open the announcement? Did Did everybody have 10 days, two weeks, a month? Or is it a three day, you know, because so many people apply. Um, the larger the grant, the longer their review process. So you're gonna work yourself um, to get this grant written, and then you're gonna wait. Um, so looking at in the past when they, how long it took them from a grant deadline to the award date uh, and when they announced it. Um, You have to set goals about uh, out of how much you ask for in your proposal and you hope will get funded, what do you, what's your target criteria for accomplishing that? Um, And what if they don't fund it all? Do you have a backup plan? Sometimes grant funders will come back to you and say, well, we really like your proposal, but we like this other one too, which only leaves us with this much money, And so if we only give you this much, how are you gonna accomplish this? So always in the back of your mind, having a backup plan to be able to respond quickly because if they're already looking at you, that's good, but you need to be able to, uh, they're asking other people the same thing. Um, They're choosing between you and several others um, to fund less than you're asking for if you can accomplish your outcomes. So also grantors, Set certain criteria to sort of like a grading rubric back when you were in school. And it helps them score you and make a decision on who to reward the money to. Um, And if you can look at former scoring rubrics, um, sometimes they're out there, but it'll help you determine if you're going to fit with that funder and be somebody that they wanna fund. Um, you can, I use spreadsheets, it's a really easy, uh, free way of listing all of a certain funders criteria um, in one column and the programs you're looking to fund in another and see if you have matches. Um, Also pick up the phone, call them. If you call your funder um, and say, hey, this is what we do, that's where having your organizations Um, three-minute commercial down uh, or what you're trying to fund very concisely stated um, and letting them know that you are interested in it, but you want to know if you're going to be a match with what they're looking for. They're not making you any promises, but if they publicize a phone number, use it. Always call it. Um, They they know they're gonna get phone calls if they put the phone number out there. But unfortunately, as um, objective as you would hope they would be in making their decision, they're people doing this. And if they know, trust, and like you, uh, and you're new and you've never applied, that's much better than if they don't know you and you've never applied. Because people who've received grants from organizations reapply every year to continue funding so it can be a challenge to get into that stream of income if you're new and you don't know anybody
2: Hmm. so
1: pick up the phone and call um the big things about readiness is really having a strategy for what you're trying to get funded Um, you you want to know what you offer? so if you had to talk up your organization in solving the problem that this grant is looking to solve, what do you what does your organization offer in terms of experience and expertise? Um, can your organization tackle the issue at hand that they want solved? Um, who are who will be on on the team that's delivering that solution and what are their qualifications? What is their track record? Um, And right now, even for pregnancy centers, you really have to look at answering um, diversity, equity, inclusion questions. They're always asking those now, um, just from a compliance standpoint. And so, Are you targeting, does who you're targeting your community match the racial and ethnic profile of your community, of the people in need? Which is a very simple way of looking at it. Um, And then of course, how much is it gonna cost to fund your solution to their problem? And then how are you gonna quantify lives changed? How are you gonna measure it? Uh, it's, It's not enough to have a good idea. You have to be very specific. It's like setting those smart goals and strategic planning.
2: Hmm.
1: So, of course, at a very practical level, you want to make sure you, you absolutely have a handle on your organization's history, mission, vision, and values. You need your IRS 501c3 tax exempt letter, articles of incorporation, bylaws, um, list of all the board members, terms and positions. Uh, their contact information. You need your current budget and probably your prior budgets, um, a program budget specific. So not your time, your, not your P&L and your balance sheet, but just the budget related to the program that you're wanting funded to solve their problem. Um, and if you have any, um, it's HR specific information. So the that people on the team that I referred to how are they qualified? What are their credentials? Um, and so on. And then everything that is project specific. Um, are you, Often organizations are funded because they're partnering with other organizations in the community. And they already have the history of good project outcomes. So, um, and then of course, the SAM registration is a must for federal grants. Um, you, So there's many more steps. I'm going to keep going, okay? Unless you want to pause and ask me some questions about that. Sure,
0: yeah. So when applying for a grant, all this prep work and the application, is it always in writing, like filling out forms or submitting letters? Or is it ever done through meetings? Or is it primarily just through writing and submitting the information via mail or
1: online forum or something like that? So um, foundation grants, um, I have rarely seen them do a Zoom or a webinar introducing their grant, Um, but state and federal, they will, especially state, even county grants will have webinars introducing the grant, what their focus is, who they really want to fund, not as in who specifically, but who is in descriptively an organization that does this, that will accomplish this, that has experience in this, and um, watch those webinars. Then there's also technical webinars on how to complete the grant documentation and the grant application, especially in the state of Florida. They're really good about that. Uh, technical assistance use the technical assistance call when you have questions because they're going to get to know you and they're going to know your heart of wanting to do a really good job and give them great information.
0: What about so when you say it's important to know when the grant it was funded last year, or in previous years. So let's say you find out that the grant was previously funded on a certain day. Um, how might that impact you know when you would apply
1: or or how you might apply so it's mainly um looking at their history is trying to keep your eyes open for when the announcement comes out each year is it always okay. the same time um once the announcement comes out it's very clear when the deadline is and when they'll announce who's funded um but Barring COVID, which really disrupted patterns, um, organizations are now getting back into their regular rhythm of when they fund certain things, especially foundations and corporations. Uh, But county and state and federal, they tend to run on a fiscal year or not too many months after a fiscal year starts. And um, the internal organization is determining how they want to distribute funds. Sometimes grants come open because federal legislation or state legislation is passed. And then funds come open because the organi- the uh, agency within that state um, or federal uh, department now has decided how they want to pass those funds through. So sometimes, um, so Janine Maxson is a great, um, example of someone out of uh, Susan B. Anthony, Pro Life America, or Charlotte Lozier, uh, and her plan. She uh, keeps her fingers on federal grants in particular for those organizations that are a part of her plan, which, if you provide services to pregnant women, you should be in the her plan directory. And then she will keep you apprised of when federal grants come out for pregnancy centers as well.
0: Okay. When a federal grant comes out for pregnancy clinics, how many clinics might uh, apply or be awarded funds from a large federal grant?
1: Pregnancy centers are less than one quarter of one percent of applying for federal or state money right now. So it is wide open for you. If you can get creative about how you're gonna solve their problem in that specific area, then through your clinic and your services in your community, it could be wide open for you. So when you
0: say less less than a fraction of a percent, you're essentially saying that most federal funds go untapped or they're going to other groups? Other groups because pregnancy centers are scared of federal funding. Okay, because of the control
1: factor. Can you speak to that? There, there is no control factor. Okay. <laughs> um, the grants are very specific and how you can use the funds. So if your program lines up with the problem they're trying to solve through these funds, whether at the federal or state level, and you believe, they line out all the documentation requirements and so if they award you the funds, then you are following what you applied and said that you would do and how you would track them and how you would deliver those services. So there is no infringement on your mission. Besides, if your mission is evangelical in nature, then Title Seven protects you. So if you of your mission of your organization and your bylaws includes sharing uh the gospel um then you continue to do that um but if they specifically say like florida pregnancy center network those grant funds for those services you can't share the gospel while you're providing those grant services there's more um, control there, but they're not saying that your organization can't do it. It just can't be in the time that you're billing them for.
0: Okay. Um, you you mentioned that there's some different places to find to find uh, grants or to you know to find the source lists of these grants. Um, did you want to go over that area, or maybe more about the setup and preparation? Well, I can absolutely, shift
1: gears um, because. The, the second part of how to get into the grant process, um, it, 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 it's detailed. <laughs> That's why you hire people like me to help you. <laughs> if you haven't done it. But I like to teach people to fish so that they can continue to feed themselves in the future. So um, once you, unless you have a new program that you don't know how to craft, um, your message for or match it to a grant. but what then I would come back in and help you. But if you have a program or a specific niche in your community that your clinic fills and you want to get that funded, uh, and it's a new uh, funding stream, then you, you might want to hire a grant writer like me. Um, but the grantsmanship center uh, is one in particular. Community Foundation Locator, Chronicle Philanthropy, Grant Station, Instrumental. Um, for a fee, it matches you with active grants that y- you put in your organization's profile, services, unique things about your community, and Instrumental matches you, which is really cool. Um, Mozilla, then there are Philanthropic Programs, um, that's a website, KnightsFoundation.org. Um, there's nonprofit expert website, fundraiser help, grants plus. Um, of course, if you join the Association of Fundraising Professionals, there's a local chapter that where you can attend meetings, network with other fellow, fellow fundraisers and learn about all your local opportunities in your community for funds, the businesses and, that have foundations that are, they're funding things or your local chamber of commerce. Um, of course, grants.gov, grantwatch, grant news, grant station, GuideStar. Um, GuideStar, you can do it at the free level where you can at least uh, get information on all types of nonprofits where you can see their 990s, their mission, their vision, their board member profiles and names. You can search locally and by keywords on that application, or you can upgrade where it costs money and you can get more in-depth information about an organization. There's Network for Good, Foundation Directory Online. Um, As you know, Google Tech Grants for nonprofits and Google Ad Grants. Um, Then there's, of course, the county and state level grants. Uh, I mentioned Chamber of Commerce. Uh, At the county and state level, you really want to choose the department that most closely relates to your mission. So if you're health-related nonprofit, your best bet's the Department of Health and Human Services or the Public Health Department. Um, Then of course, don't forget your board members. As you do your research for funders, take note of any foundation trustees and staff and forward those names to your board and see if they have any connections in the community to them. Consider directly asking your board members if they know any family foundations, corporate foundations, or other grant makers who might be interested in supporting your work. And if they'd be willing to make that introduction. Uh, You're gonna look at annual reports of foundations and funders and Google newspaper articles about them. Who's giving to organizations that are similar to yours? Put any of those like-minded funders on your mailing list and start seeing them materials about your organization. Uh, then, of course, Google is your friend. Sometimes just a good old Google search um, is all you need. But you have to be ready to have keywords on hand. Um, so you have to decide what are the 10 or 20 keywords that describe what you do, what problem you solve, and what your need is. Um, So you can do subject matter, keywords, geographic area, your target audience, gender, race, ethnicity, um, health condition, any other parameters that fit your nonprofit and just make your list in advance so that you can focus your search more easily. That's good. Um,
0: So the Google ads grant is for like a credit with Google more so than money. Uh, but it, I was sort sure of are, are most grants for money, or are there are several others that are for credits or something else than money. Uh,
1: the majority of grants are for money, um, okay. but they vary. Sometimes they're um, product grants, so you could go to. Um, Enfamil, or you could go to Johnson & Johnson, or you could go to um, other diaper manufacturers and, and ask for um, product.
0: Okay. I heard that there was a, I heard of one clinic talking about how they had like a prenatal vitamin grant for getting prenatal vitamins and then being able to provide those to their community. Um, but yeah, so it sounds like yeah, so that's interesting about yeah product grants. That's that's um yeah that's very interesting. And that cautious, um,
1: so if you are now being supplied something that you were purchasing, so now that money is shifted somewhere else.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. So that yeah, that a penny saved is a penny earned. That's correct. <laughs> okay, what are the do's and don'ts of getting prepared? Like, is there anything that People should avoid doing when trying to get prepared, or is there anything that it sounds like you maybe you got over some of the do's of getting information collected and organized? But is there anything that they should avoid doing that might be something that you've you know learned over time?
1: Don't get discouraged,
0: okay? Don't
1: give up, it's good salesman
0: salesman advice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, don't um, stop practicing your messaging get really good at being concise start with your big story and use all the words and then back out your messaging so that you um when there's a thousand character limit and you can answer a question about a program you get really good at character limits okay
0: yeah that's good um it, my experience with writing is that when you write something, it's easier to be long-winded, and but it, it, but then the polish, the, the editing process will cut those words in half, and then if you pl- apply more polish, you can refine it further while still maintaining the uh, the message that you're, that you're trying to be delivered that you know trying to deliver with less words. Um, so, going on to local and smaller grants what's the process like to apply for, you know, a grant within someone's county or city or, or, you know, you know, the the smaller grants, what's that, what's that world look like?
1: Sometimes that's a letter of intent, but you're still outlining the same things and you're still having to make sure that you have your documentation in order so that you're, your IRS letter and your mission, vision, values, your list of your board members, Um, your, a list of all your prior success, program successes, whether grant funded or not, how are you making an impact in the community? So I would suggest that you start looking at who are you seeing um, demographically and start recording that if you're not. Because if you're not, you're missing an opportunity to collect data that could be used to support a grant application or a letter of intent. Hey, we know that 20% of our clientele are African American or American Indian or Hispanic or whatever uh, population that they wanna focus on in that grant. Okay. Um, we know that, of the women who are coming in with unplanned pregnancies already have other children and they uh, lack these certain services. If you start doing a really good intake, almost as if you're thinking about when when you go to your regular doctor's appointment and they ask you questions that seem somewhat irrelevant to your appointment at hand, but that's called meaningful use and they collect that data in order to apply for funding as well. And so there is meaningful use to um, collecting that information about your uh, client, but you can use it in the context of risk assessment for behavioral risk assessment, uh, what put them uh, at risk in the first place and made them come in with an unplanned pregnancy or an STD that they want to check. And in that context you're collecting relevant information
0: okay so some grants are specifically for a a certain ethnicity like american indian for example mm-hmm. yep um or 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 some grants are specifically for a certain um like we said besides someone's you know ethnic background it, it sounds like what were what, what some of the other ones like based on maybe their Marital
1: status,
2: age, okay. financial
1: status, um, housing status. Um, you know, are are they at risk for uh, mental health or drug addiction? Um, are they the housing status? Are they homeless, uh, or are they just uh, are they working? So employed, unemployed, um, underemployed. That would be something else. Those. All of that information is important, but when you're looking at local and smaller grants, they are often less uh, laborious. You just need to know your organization's story, have the documentation to back it up, and know what sets your programming apart from others and okay. be able to write it concisely because sometimes they'll fund after a fund right off of a letter of intent. Um, a letter of intent to apply for a grant. Um, Or you do a letter of intent and then they send you back a fill-in form that is so simple about, um, basically you're filling in the budget for the program that you want funded and how you plan to expend the funds. Um, One thing that can be frustrating is that most grants aren't funding Your operational expenses or administrative expenses, it's program specific. So, learning how to write budgets that are program specific budgets that show that pull a percentage of time um, and overhead into them could be something that um, somebody like me could help you do. Um, getting the bigger grants, how to get them? Start with small ones, get really good at those. Um, that will help you build your successful track record um, or ability to do um, an analysis of what went wrong when if you didn't meet certain benchmarks that, that were funded and what you would do differently. Uh, sometimes large grants want, that information they want to know how you've grown and improved to to reach certain target audiences so from
0: your experience um you know how would you would you estimate half more than half or less than half of prcs um are tracking these demographics on their clients like what's your experience you know when when you when you talk to one do you end up You know, helping them start tracking this information, or are most of them already tracking these demographics in a a satisfactory way? Or after talking to you, do they increase how many, um, increase their intake questions?
1: So, what I find is the majority of clinics are doing the intake and it's on the, you know, risk questionnaire they do um, or the new patient documentation but not all pieces of information are making it into a database and nobody's going back and compiling the data.
0: Okay, but if there was a grant requiring it that might be a good um, place reason. place to start.
2: Yeah.
0: It's a, it's a good yeah, a good reminder that they need to be tracking and compiling and yeah, and then and then using that data. Yes. Exactly. How many let's say for example there's a clinic who has data that's not ready to be used, um, how many months prior does a grant usually require for applying? So let's say it's a Native American grant and we don't, you know, we, you know, do they expect five months or a year? What would be like the expectation that, you know, how much data do they wanna see on previous Native Americans that were helped?
1: So sometimes it's how much need is there and are your services going to target the need? If you have a track record of serving that population that you can document, the longer, the better. Um, The reason I'm uh, sort of skirting around the answer to your question is that that it it depends. Um, And because you can, present data in a way that fulfills the requirement for the most part, even when you're lacking on data. Um, It just is creative storytelling and you can focus more on uh, who's at need and why you're reaching them. Um, Or if it's a new fund program you're having funded, you may not have any data on how those outcomes are and that's why you need this funded. Um, okay. But you know that they're in your community, and the U.S. Census data is showing you that they're the ones that are in need. Okay. Um. So,
0: so if someone was to apply, so for local and smaller grants, what's a good place to find, um, you know, a, a list or a place to start?
1: So that's what I was saying. You want to start with your board. You want to use these databases. Um, You want to join your local association of fundraising professionals um, and go to a local chapter meeting. You you can use things like instrumental. Um, That really works at a local level as well.
2: Okay. Um,
1: And once you set that up, Um, then they're constantly sending you emails of what matches your services and your demographic that you serve. Okay. Um, Um, Google search is really helpful too, really. So there's some companies in Iowa that, um, we know are conservatively owned and they're pro-life, um, by virtue of their ownership. And they also have foundations attached to the corporation. And so they're looking to, those foundations are looking to fund community organizations like pregnancy centers that will further their um, personal convictions. Okay. Um,
0: what's the... Um... What's the, so, what going into like the bigger grants? So, after someone gets experience and confidence and several approvals of smaller grants, what's the the transition like to start applying for the bigger, larger grants?
1: Uh, get your SAMs number and your DUNS number, and and now that you have a track record, you have a story, you have successful program data. Um, I mean, I would always be looking for them both and take the leap if you feel so inclined. Um, But just know that federal funds are gonna be very specific about how they should be used and they're not gonna infringe on, if they're funding you, they've already checked out your organization and how you do business and what you're about. And if they fund you, they're not designed to come in and shut you down or tell you you can't do certain things they're going to they've already outlined the parameters of how their funds can be used in the grant and by accepting the funds you agree to that
0: okay do grant do do, uh people who review grant applications do they like to see that your organization's been funded by other grants is that a positive
1: very much so very 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 much so and. The other thing about those that make the decisions, they are really looking for you to be very clear and concise and compelling. Uh, And all of that inside of easy to understand. Um, You you don't wanna use double talk. Um, They're not going to make a phone call to ask you to clarify something. Um, if, they phone, if they phone you, they've already decided they like you yeah. and that maybe they're deciding between you and somebody else and they're not going to give you the full amount. Um, they really make decisions based on their scoring criteria, their rubrics, and exactly what you submitted. So if you didn't submit at all, they're not going to infer anything. Okay.
0: So, um so how much time does it take to apply for a small grant or a large grant? like what's the um
1: the uh, oh, the amount of it, hours needed there's there's a decent amount of hours up front to prepare. um if you're a new organization of zero track record, it's going to take you a lot to get um, ready um, If you have been doing it, and you have a calendar and you have a plan and you know what you want to apply to, you have a, a concise story around each of your programs and who you're reaching and how you're reaching them and you have a program budget and then you have them all ready to go and you always have your same um, grant support documentation that I listed always in the file, then it can be very quick. Um, knowing where to go to for your local public health data um county health rankings is a great great resource us census data is another great resource um i to get your public health data of how you the need in your community um i provide all of that um through my consulting service
0: okay yeah so speaking of your consulting service what's it like to hire a grant writer and what questions would you suggest or recommend someone ask when trying to consider who to help them write grants and apply?
1: Um, If they want to hire a grant writer you first question for me in their pregnancy center is are you pro-life and tell me about your background working in this field. Perfect. the the next thing is it, once you've established that, that you all are aligned, um, is tell me what you've done or have you worked for uh, or written grants for anybody in my state? Or um, for me personally, I always ask them to send, I look up organizations on GuideStar myself um, and look at their 990s and as much information as I can glean but I want them to send me their bylaws. I want them to, I have a a grant readiness and a a organizational questionnaire about all their services and their community and stuff like that. So I get that profile up front and see if I can quickly match them with things in their area. Um, But often they come to me and say, look, I really just want to fund this. Um, Do you know of anything? And so then I back up and say, well, have you gotten any other grant funds? Do you have these basic um, pieces of documentation that are required to apply as a nonprofit? Um, But I always want to know about the organization.
0: Okay. So do you end up making like a list of all of the grants that might apply to someone in their local slash category of service? Like, is it like an Excel spreadsheet with, you know, just row after row of different grants and then along with the criterias? Or how do you That's go about exactly. managing That's a you know, lot. They ones?
1: couldn't afford that uh, necessarily up front for me to do that, but I will teach them how to do that. Um, okay, yeah. And if, if an organization can afford for me to do that, then um, they, could, they should hire a grant writer on their staff. Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> so speaking of coaching or teaching someone, What's that like for you to help coach or instruct a person on a a pregnancy clinics team to do that grant writing work or
1: what's that look like? So I give them templates and checklists and um, help, I find out about their local community and what's available and I direct them towards it. I may find them um, contact names, and look at who's on their board and help them do everything that I just listed out.
0: Okay, yeah, that's really interesting. Like, you know, sort of like that middle ground of empowering someone to to collect the information and then you're there with the expertise on guiding or coaching them into the right, um, yeah, into the right areas. Yes. Um, and so, well, this is a lot of really good information. And I'm thinking that, um, so, so what percent, and this is obviously maybe a gut number, but or an estimation, but what percent of clinics do you think um, actively pursue grants? Like uh, from your experience, talking to different pregnancy clinics, um, and, and obviously they don't take a, take advantage of it fully because that's that's... That seems somewhat, that seems very likely that they don't take advantage of it fully, but what percent take advantage of some grants at some level? Like, are there a lot
1: of most organizations? I haven't, uh, yeah, I haven't quantified the percentage. Um, okay. I would just say very few pregnancy centers write grants.
0: Um, like, less than 10% would be probably a safe number, or is that, or is it possibly more than 10%? Out of the 3,700
1: pregnancy centers in the U.S.? yeah Yeah, that's probably safe
0: okay interesting well that's this is a good idea to get out there and so hopefully we'll, we'll 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 help stimulate or promote or encourage more clinics to apply and to pursue and to figure this out and ask for help um and to yeah and to hire hire help as well um awesome and um what has been the result of you know when it comes to some of the some of the organizations who do take advantage of grants? Well, have you know what's how's that um, impact their their work and their ability to reach women? Like, how would you summarize the benefits of having successful grants?
1: Well, obviously, um, the funding for projects that are important to your organization, um, having that funding happens. And so that's important.
0: Um, it, it seems like some things might be out of reach. Otherwise, like, like for the, you were mentioning some grants are there for helping nurses receive their highest level of accreditation in a certain area, um, which is probably, well, it has a price tag tied to it. And so having a grant assist with that might be, the difference might be, You know, whether you know, without the grant, your nurses might be at a mediocre level, but with the grant, they're at the highest level, perhaps.
1: Well, not only that, but in the state of Florida and Iowa, they, um, and other states, they're, um, they assist with the salaries of either the preceptor nurses or the nurse residents, the ones training. And so the local career source or workforce boards. Um, are offsetting the salary during that training time, and so that's a really big issue for non-profits in general is paying people what they're worth. And so, if you're able to train your nurses who are making great money out in the for-profit world or in the hospital sector, um, then you keep them longer. You um, mm. and you're not worried about. Um, underpaying them. I mean, clinics that don't pay people what they're, or, or pregnancy centers that don't pay people what they're worth, um, could be accused of stealing from them,
0: or they might have a high turnover rate and then having to retrain people repeatedly as a well, it just sort of reduces the ability to just grow because you're essentially trying to reshuffle the team repeatedly, yes. Um so going back to the idea of going to your board and asking them for grants so would a board member know of a grant or would a board member be specifically poised to help apply for a grant what would that look like for going to the board
1: um that depends on the board uh profile and who's on your board but you i mean board members um should be giving to your organization themselves out of their own pocket. They should be uh, key connectors in your community to who they know. Um, If you have strategically recruited and placed um, individuals on your board because of um, the knowledge that they bring that benefits the operation of your organization or the connection of the community so that you can be uh, funded, whether through regular donations or corporations or grants, then having them on your board should be strategic for that. Um, But board members should be expected to use their connections and influence in the community for your organization.
0: Okay. So for, for, for pregnancy clinics who don't have a grant writer on staff, um, who might be, it, it, does it usually fall, you know, when it comes to someone who will fill that role in a coaching style or in some way, was that, does that usually fall on the executive director or does that sometimes fall on the board member, or depending on who their staff is, but maybe is it one of those two roles or does someone use, or do they sometimes have volunteers who will help? Do grant writing. I have like, worked
1: the, with volunteers who needed help. I have um, executive directors predominantly, but also development directors.
0: Okay, development directors. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of any other questions. I think this was a really good intro for people who, who, uh, who either have done it lightly and can be encouraged to do it more, or for people for clinics who haven't done much. Um, as of yet, and they could start to grow this grant funding um, to, yeah, to grow the organization's ability to reach their community.
1: Yes, I agree. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate you having me on to talk about this. Um, Obviously I'm passionate about it and would hope that more pregnancy centers would pursue grants so that they don't leave money that's available to them in their community um, on the table, and not in their organization. Awesome. Well, I really
0: appreciate your time, Sean. This was really helpful, and I'm excited to share this with executive directors because I just know that they need to be encouraged in this area. I, it just seems like there's a you know, a fraction of a fraction of a percent are you know uh, you know essentially there's a lot of room for growth here for clinics to to ask for funding and also to under, sort of dispel the myth or the the mis- the, the the idea that uh, you know the grant goes beyond what's in the application when it comes to controlling what someone can do through the organization and so understanding that it'll help fund a part that aligns with what the grant's purpose is, that makes a lot of sense. And that sort of dispels that idea that by taking this grant money, we're going to have to take on new unwritten um, control factors,
1: regulations. Right. Exactly. regulations.
0: Yeah. Um, and so that's definitely um, probably a lot of people have have avoided applying for grants with the idea that they didn't want to have unknown controls yeah regulating on them or having reg- regulations applied
1: yeah it's a combination of that and um the amount of work involved um if you've never done it before so that fear factor fear of the unknown um it's like trying to get ready to write your first term paper in college and you for high school and you've never done it before and it yeah. can seem daunting so having somebody script you and help give you an outline for this first, this next, now this, uh, can really take away the, the fear factor and, um, being overwhelmed.
0: Yeah. And and being able to reuse that work, what, what percent of the work do you think gets reused from one grant application to the next? Is it like 80% of what you wrote on one might be
1: probably 75 percent is okay as an average some of them you can just flip them out and change the who it's to and what uh because the what you're asking for is the same and who you are is the same and what who you're going to reach is the same and how you're going to do it is the same uh and so that would be you know very little change
0: and yeah yeah, change a few names that's yeah, that's but if very convenient.
1: criteria for one and what they're looking for is different then you may have to move things around but it's the same information
0: okay yeah that makes sense and then being able to lean on someone who has experience in all of these areas such as yourself is just so valuable for encouragement and for confidence and being able to reach um and uh Awesome. Well, I, I I hope that people reach out to you and ask for help. And um, because I I, I I truly believe that you can help a lot. And, and I hope that people reach out soon because I can imagine your schedule becoming, you know, full or booked. And so it's good to get I on to it, your calendar. I
1: hope because going to be at the conference the end of August. So um, hopefully I get to talk to uh, a lot of people that are listening to this uh, in person. Yeah.
0: That's true. Yeah. And I, I send this off to executive directors of pregnancy clinics, along with some other pro-life leaders. And so hopefully people will get a chance to mold this over and consider it. But yeah, just being visible there on the Care Net floor at a, um for people to interact with you. I think you're going to help a lot of organizations um, with their grant work, which is, which is awesome. Just so exciting. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> awesome.